friends. Welcome to another episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I'm your host, Lindsay Goodman. I'm a certified trauma recovery coach, and I'm also a survivor of abuse in a great relationship. I'm here to help you figure out what's really going on in your relationship to help get you out and on the road to recovery. Today, I'm going to talk to you about how abusive people can use finances to control you. Um, Last week, I talked about how they can use um, helplessness, your helplessness to control you, what that might look like, why they do it, and so on. So I'm going to continue on that little theme of different little ways that they can destroy your life. Um, Obviously, it all comes together for a bigger picture, but finances, that's a huge thing. It can be absolutely life-destroying, at least temporarily. Um, Before we dive in, I will talk about my struggles and successes. A struggle is that I'm sick. I don't know what's going on. I've just been super nauseous all day today. And um, yeah, I guess I feel a little bit better now. Obviously, I'm here talking to all of you. Um, And I was able to do a quick little interpreting job tonight, but I spent half the day in bed. Don't really know what's going on. Didn't really have any crazy symptoms, but just like, yuck. I had to stay home from one of my jobs today, um, which is um, my son's school program that he goes to just because I was like, I'm not feeling it. Luckily, he was able to go and have a great day and not even really know that I'm feeling yucky because a lot of times, you know, when you're a single parent, if your kid is with you when you're sick and you're like having one of those days where you can't really get out of bed, it can be a hard day for them. So he had a great day, um, which is going to be one of my successes. One of my successes was that he had a great day despite me being sick and also that I was able to stay home today and didn't really have too much of like a crazy consequence for that. Sometimes it can really throw off your entire day. I didn't have to cancel any of my jobs really. Like I said, I didn't go to school today, but I had another job lined up. I didn't have to cancel that. Um, it worked out that I didn't have to go. So it was, it was overall a good day despite being sick. Okay. Let's go ahead and dive in. Financial abuse is a massive thing that people don't talk about enough. And I think that people don't necessarily realize that this is something that happens and that this is a form of abuse. A lot of types of financial abuse um, have been kind of normalized. Um, And I want to, before I begin, um, I want to let you know that I actually was very lucky in terms of um, experiencing financial abuse because this was the one um, boundary that I was actually able to maintain throughout the entire quote-unquote relationship. Um, And so very early on, I did experience some financial abuse and, um, but I of course didn't know it was abuse, but there were like certain behaviors that I was like, this is really weird. I don't like it. I'm uncomfortable. I've never been in a relationship where someone was doing this or not doing this. And so very early on, I put down a boundary that said, no matter what, we are going to split everything 50, 50. And I know that that can sound really harsh, but you've probably had someone do that to you. A lot of abusers will do that, which is kind of weird that I'm like admitting that I did this thing that a lot of abusive people do. And my abuser did it too. Like once it was established, could be a $3 coffee and they were charging me $1.50 on Venmo. Um, but that was the way that I protected myself from financial abuse. Because like I said, I very early on figured out that that was, that something was off about them financially. And I will give an example of that, but I just wanted to let you know, before you listen to that, this, that, 
I'm not coming here with a horrible story about the financial abuse I experienced because out of all the types of abuse I experienced, again, this was the one that I had a solid solid boundary on, which is really unfortunate because there are parts of me that are like, I would rather have lost money than some of the things that I experienced with like my dog or my child or some other things, you know, like if we could go back and like, okay, you're getting abused, period. Which ones would you like to experience? <laughs> They're all bad. They're all horrible. Um, and so I'm kind of joking about it, but yeah, I just wanted to, to let you know about that. So you're not like, you didn't experience this. Like, I don't know. So, but let's talk about, okay, first I'll talk about how I, how I knew that something was off. It was just, I mean, it's really simple in the beginning. Um, we met, I was a single mom. I went back to work. I started earning an income for the first time because I had been married and staying home with my child. And so I started to work. They were not working, um, but they had money saved and they told me how much money they had saved and I had no money saved. I was starting off with nothing. And so when, when I left my marriage, I didn't take anything. I didn't take any money. I didn't take anything whatsoever because I was like, that's not right. I don't want to do that. Um, so I started from scratch, started getting paychecks, you know, the whole thing. And so then like, um, we moved in very quickly together, um, which I didn't really understand at the time, but now I do. Uh, that is definitely a huge, important tactic for abusive people. They want to check off all the milestones really fast. And we moved and I started supplying some things for the house. And very quickly, I was like, where's all my money? I don't have any money. I'm not able to save anything. What's going on here? Of course, I was paying rent, whereas before that was a shared expense with my ex-husband and all that stuff. But I was like, alarm, alarm. Why am I the one who's like furnishing stuff and like, you're not you haven't bought one thing. And of course, sometimes you have a partner who's just like, I'm going to just buy stuff. This is what I want to do with my money. And someone who's really careful with their money. This was not what was happening. Like they would spend money on other things. Like it was very clear to me that I was like, you're not contributing at all. These are the things we need. It wasn't like, I was just like, well, we have this, but I'm just going to go buy a different one. I was just like, what is going on here? And I kind of got the sense that they were very happy to sit back and let me spend my money, which again, I had nothing saved and was working very hard and taking time away from my son to do that. And they didn't care at all. They just wanted to protect their savings that they had, didn't want to touch my money, uh, or sorry, didn't want to touch their money and just wanted me to sit back and spend my money. And they were hoping, I guarantee it, they were hoping that that would be the way that we would just ride through that relationship, that I would work, that I would buy things that they didn't have to spend their money. And so very early I was like, mm, I just worked a lot and I don't have anything to show for it. So I'm going to need you to pay for half of everything. If we're groceries, you know, rent, everything is going to be 50, 50 because I'm not doing this. And they were like, okay, now throughout the relationship, every couple of months, because this person never really had a job, um, they would have like little hobby jobs, a couple hours a week. They would say, Hey, I don't know if I'm going to have a job next month. I don't know if I'm going to have an income. Is it okay if I stay home and I take care of the kiddo? and you just start working more and you pay for everything. And every single time, again, this might sound cruel. I was like, if you can't afford to pay for your half, then you need to move out. Because I knew that that person was taking advantage of me. Because again, very early on, it was clear this person did not care about my finances, didn't care that they were making me work harder and spend more time away from my son just so that they didn't have to buy stuff, which is like horrible. Um, so that's what I experienced. There was a lot of like dodging that bullet over and over again, but again, the one boundary that I did set and maintain the entire time. Okay. So let's talk about what this might look like. Obviously, um, if you have a joint bank account with this person, they are monitoring the bank account. They are, you know, tracking what you spend money on. 
um, asking you all the time, what'd you get at Target? It's like $19. What'd you, what'd you get at Target? What, what did you get? Show me what you got. Why'd you get that? Really controlling and nitpicking everything you get. Even if it's something that was needed or you go and get groceries, they're like, why'd you spend so much? Why'd you go to that store? You could have gone to the other store, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of people will justify this behavior because a lot of times in society, we think it's a man who's working and a woman who's staying home. And so they're like, well, it's his hard earned money, blah, blah, blah. And I just talked to you about guarding my hard earned money. But if your wife is staying home, taking care of the kids, no, she should not go and just spend all your hard earned money. There needs to be like a respectful conversation about what the expectations are and agreements. And if it's a big purchase, you talk about it and all that stuff. But you should not be nitpicking someone who's literally running the entire show for you so that you can have a career, right? And that's something that, again, has been so normalized in society. And people just think that that's okay for someone to treat you that way. And it doesn't have to be a man versus a woman. There's queer couples that this happens. There's a woman who's working and a man who's not, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, if your partner gives you an allowance and you're only allowed to spend money on like things that you need, and like they're very strict about the allowance or it's like very tiny. And again, it it depends, right? Because if, if you don't have a lot of money and bills aren't getting paid and things, you know, needs aren't being met because you're getting, you're, you expect to get X amount of money every month. So you can just like, whatever, maybe you're not going to get that right now. But if it's just like, oh, I'm making, you know, $10,000 a month and you get $50 a week or something. And it's just like, you feel like, it's cruel and you feel like they're doing it to control you and stuff like that. That's definitely a red flag. If your partner affects your ability to have a job, if they tell you you can't get a job, if they get you fired from your job, if they're, you know, you, you have a great career, but they're constantly calling you saying something come up so that you start missing work and then they have to let you go or you get punished at work, anything like that, that's going to affect your income. Again, not letting you have a job, not letting you even look for a job, um, things like that definitely financial abuse. Um, your partner takes your money. If you are working and you have your own income and each time you get paid, your partner expects you to give them that money so that they can control it or it's in a joint account and they don't let you spend your own money or you know they're taking money from you in any way, shape or form without your express consent that yes, you can have some of this money um, or I'm paying you back for something or whatnot, they should not be touching your money in that way. You are not working so that that person can have your money. And when it comes to financial abuse, I am talking about a partner, but this could happen with parents as well. Like if you are a young adult and you live with your parents and they're controlling your finances, it's different if, of course, the agreement is, okay, I'm over 18. I want to stay in this house. I want to save money. I'm going to pay rent. I'm working hard. So I'm going to give what's the, okay, this is what you want. That works for me. I can afford that. That's only this percent of my income. Sure. But if your parents are taking your check to go and blow it on whatever, or your parents are controlling your finances in any way that's not helpful and nurturing, like teaching you how finances work and saying, okay, each paycheck, why don't you save this X amount, pay us a little bit of rent money. And this can be your fun money and you can do whatever you want with that funny fun money. But this is kind of how we learn how to manage finances and budget and stuff like that. If that's not happening and it's not a healthy conversation and they're just taking your money, that can be considered financial abuse. Those are the examples I have. Um, here's why this is bad. Obviously it can completely destroy your life. It can destroy your ability to I mean, it, it, you have no autonomy. 
You cannot be independent and go look for a new place to live. Obviously, this economy is wild. Um, and a lot of times it's too expensive to go and have your own place anyway, but you could go and find a roommate. You could go and live with a friend and you can afford this or whatever, but you, now you can't because you have no money because that person's taking all your money, whether you're working or not. Like if you're working, they're taking your money. You can't, if you're not working because they don't let you, you can't get out. There's nothing you can do about it. You're trapped. And essentially trapping someone, trapping someone is physical abuse because you can't, I mean, we're. Usually when it comes to physical abuse, we're talking like they're physically in that moment, trapping you, not allowing you to leave, stuff like that. Which, by the way, I have an entire episode about what is considered physical abuse. And that's really important and you should listen to it. Um, but like technically, I mean, your person, your body is not safe because you're trapped in an area that if you're being financially abused, there's probably other kinds of abuse going on too. Um, so I would argue that every kind of abuse is actually physical abuse because it's messing with your head, it's messing with your body, it's messing with everything about you. So. Um, so there's that, um, it can be mentally damaging because you're constantly stressed out about money. You're constantly stressed about where you live or what your options are. You're walking on eggshells. You know, maybe you do spend something. Maybe you go to target with your kid and you get them a five to a hot wheels car. That's not even $5. And you're scared that you're going to get in trouble for it. You're just, you're walking on eggshells, um, or you're going into debt. Oh, circle back. If they're using a credit card in your name or like if you have a shared credit card and they're jacking that up and they're putting you in debt or they convince you to um, buy a home or get on a lease that's way out of your price range so you can't afford it, you're at risk of getting evicted or having your house repossessed or your car repossessed or something like that. Like maybe, for example, they, you need a new car. And they convince you to buy a car that's way too expensive. You can't afford it. You're just trying to get by making payments. And it's because they want to drive that car and they don't want to use their money for it. But they're out there driving your car, doing all that stuff, making you pay for your gas probably. And now you're in debt up to your ears and you can't afford it. Those kinds of things, getting you into financial despair, um, you know, damaging your credit score, doing things like that is also financial abuse. So again, that can be very mentally damaging. When we have mental damage, we have physical damage. So a lot of times if we're suffering mentally because we're so stressed out about finances and this and that, our physical body is going to suffer too. We can have physical pains, we can have headaches, we can have insomnia, all kinds of things, which I keep saying I'm going to do a whole episode about physical physical symptoms that come with abuse. If I haven't already, I need to double check. After a hundred episodes, I'm starting to forget what I've already talked about. But again, I can probably do content that I did a year or two years ago talking about the same thing and it can look totally different. And one of the things that I always say about like talking about abuse, because I'm like, man, it's been two years. I say this all the time. I'm like I could probably be done, right? Is that you never know who's going to listen and it gets to them. And they're like, this is what I needed to hear. That just hit me so hard. This is so helpful. I needed this. And that's one of the reasons why I keep going because maybe someone's told you 500 times that this is financial abuse, but something I said in this episode really actually got through to you. And you're like, oh man, I'm experiencing that. This is actually it. Cause just, it was the moment. It was the way I phrased it. It was whatever you needed at the right time. Right. So, um, and yeah, and this can damage you for a very long time. There can be serious repercussions for years to come. If you are, again, in debt up to your ears with credit card debt, even if you make it out, you're swimming in debt and you're having a hard time paying it off. Maybe you weren't allowed to have a job. Now, finally, you're out. You have a job, but it's 
minimum wage because you just had to take the first thing that came along. That's all you could get, but you've got $20,000 in debt. The payment is X amount of dollars a month, plus you have your car payment, whatever that looks like, right? It can be sheer chaos. It can be super stressful. There's not a lot of help for that. There's nothing that's like, oh, you're financially abused. Let's see if we can find a grant to help you get rid of this. There's just, there's not enough help for domestic violence survivors across the board, let alone financial abuse or housing assistance because you don't have credit because your abuser destroyed your credit or housing assistance because you don't have money because your abuser controlled your finances for 10 years or whatever that looks like. We do not have a lot of help for that. So that's all I have for now. Financial abuse is disgusting. All of it's disgusting. I hope this was helpful. I hope you learned something here that maybe you didn't already know for yourself or for someone else. Um, if you have any questions about financial abuse, um, reach out to me. I can send you some resources. I'm happy to talk about this some more. Um, we need to keep talking about stuff like this. We just, as a society, do not understand what abuse looks like. And again, so much of this kind of behavior is normalized because if you're married, it's their right. People think it's their right. The same comes with sex. If you're married, it's that person's right to have sex with you, whether you want to or not. If you're married, it's their right to your money, whether you want to or not. That is just a hundred percent not true. Please do not. I'm going to say, don't let someone say that to you. I don't like the word let ever, because obviously we don't let people talk to us that way. But if someone says that to you, just know that they are 100% incorrect. And you are not, nobody is entitled to your body or your money or anything like that without your consent. And unfortunately, this is what happens with abusive people. Okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to go get some rest. Like I said, I'm sick. I'm hoping to feel better tomorrow. I'm hoping that I'm going to have a really good weekend and I don't just get worse. Um, but thanks for hanging out with me. Um, I really appreciate you taking your time out of your day to listen to me of all people and learn from me. And, um, I hope that it was helpful. Okay. Um, I do offer one-on-one -on -one coaching. I'm a certified trauma recovery coach. If there's something that you hear on any of my podcast episodes or anywhere you see all my content online and you're like, you know what? I'm really struggling with that. I want to work through this. Don't hesitate to reach out. You can book at calendly.com slash Lindsay Goodman. I do 30 and 60 minute sessions as well as group coaching once a month. Um, I do have, oh, I don't know if this will be, nope. I'm not even going to say, it. I was going to say I have one in December. Um, cause I wasn't sure if people would want to do December, but I'm like, you know what? The holidays can be really rough. So we're going to do it anyway. Uh, but this might be after that. So if you're listening to this and it's past, just look out for the January session. Um, it's been really great hanging out with people during that time. And I think really healing for everyone, including myself, because I'm out here healing with all of you and learning from all of you as you learn from me and each other. Okay. Go do something nice for yourself and go drink some water. I'll be back next week with more.